Well, hey guys. Oh, hi. We're back at it again. And we're back again. (laughs) Consistently. We're two consecutive episodes, Ah. two weeks in a row. Who are we? What the heck? So if you if you're a first time listener, this is Cookies and Crime. I'm Renee. I'm Mindy. We talk about true crime. We have snacks. We live in the Midwest. We're chronically ill. Yeah. This is who we are as people. We make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those mistakes are a lack of consistency. But that is fine. That's okay. That's okay. We're here. We're here for you today. So Last week, if you listened to our last episode, I mentioned that this next one, today's episode, is going to be also local. That's kind of not true, kind of true. Kind of. It's a guy from this area. Well, we're we're in Ohio. Again, if you haven't listened to the last episode, we're in Ohio, we specifically in Ohio. the Dayton area. And Ohio gets a bad rap. It does. It but does. we like it. We like it. It's all right. I don't know if I would live... I mean, I guess I like Colorado, but there's not another state that I like enough to be like, I absolutely want to relocate right this second. Yeah. Florida's nice and warm. I like the beaches. I love the alligators. I liked living in Texas for as long as I lived in Texas. Yeah. The West, so like Utah's really pretty. I like Colorado's. The United States is neat. As a whole, yeah. 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 Even like up north, my, my um, I have family that lives up north. Yeah. And even like New England's really pretty. I don't know if I would yeah, live there because I don't like the driving. But what a lot of guns up north, the United States, or up south <laughs> as a whole. As a whole, <laughs> the population of guns is pretty high. But um, today's story, the person that we're talking about is was born and raised in Brookville, Ohio. Okay. That's where I graduated high school. Whoa. Fun fact: Don't look me up, though. Don't look me up. Oh, don't look me up, please. Please, I'm begging you. Um, but okay, so we're going to be talking about Philip Shue. Colonel Philip Shue. Have you ever heard of this case? I don't think so. Okay. It's it's a weird one because it's a... Uh, there's a lot of conspiracies. Oh, listen. Surrounding this one. I love a good conspiracy. Mostly two conspiracies. <laughs> but we're going to talk about them. Catch me at 2 a.m. <laughs> on YouTube listening to the conspiracy, conspiracy iceberg. So I... Um, I found some details of this case while researching the last case. And then I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. So I looked into po- other podcasts who had done this case. And one of those podcasts was a conspiracy theory podcast. Really? It's called the Th- Theories of the Third Kind, I think is what it's called. I highly recommend that podcast. Shout out to you guys. You do a great job. Um, but they specifically talk about, like, weird conspiracies. This one... Felt different to me mm-hmm. based on the, the handful of theirs that I listened to because this one is like true crime rather than like conspiracy. Conspiracy. Like, there's an element to this where you're like, well, obviously, like, I could see why it's in the true crime genre mm-hmm. rather than like straight up supernatural government conspiracy. Listen, I am, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Um, so there, there's parts of it where you're, you're probably not going to read as much into it as some of other, some other people probably did. Um, but I, I digress. Okay. Colonel Philip Shue is who we're discussing today. We're going to first, he was, uh, we're going to dive into the timeline of the day of the event. And then I'm going to tell you his backstory. Gotcha. Okay. So we're doing things a little out of order. Usually I start with him and then I, but I, okay, switching it up. Don't let it throw you off. April 16th, 2003. 
in San Antonio, Texas, on I-10, he was driving, Philip was driving a light brown Mercury Tracer on the highway. He ran into the median, bounced over a thousand feet in the air, and landed back down on the highway, somehow right side up, and continued barreling down the highway for miles until the car finally veered off the road and ran into some trees. Excuse me? So that's the event we're going to talk about, okay? Yeah. Is, is this like an Unsolved Mysteries? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. There's, a, there's a official paperwork version of the conclusion and, and explanation. And then there's a, that's obviously not what happened, here's our other theories kind of thing. Was the car damaged? Yes, we'll get to that. Okay. Let's backtrack again. I'm like immediately like was you're like UFOs? hold hold on aliens was he possessed by a demon who knows uh-huh. okay let, let let that hang in the air for a second so Philip was 54 when this happened he was born July 22nd 1948 in Brookville Ohio where he grew up and he graduated he, he went from Ohio to Wisconsin and graduated from University of Wisconsin in 1970 and then he joined the Air Force he progressed really well he was pretty. He was a pretty good, like, career Air Force kind of guy. He went through the officer training school. He was selected to go through navigator training at Mather Air Force Base in California, I believe. Um, he was really decorated, too. Let me let me read <laughs> all of the awards that he's gotten, and you're going to be like, this guy's, yeah, yeah, he's a commendable employee. He has a Distinguished Graduate Award, a Meritorious Service Medal with two Oak Leaf Clusters. A commendation medal, an achievement medal, the Joint Meritorious Unit Service Award. Wow! So this guy, Organizational he, Excellence Award. He was on his grind. He yeah, he was doing the job. Yeah, he was, he was doing it. He was doing it. National Defense Medal with a Bronze Star, Armed Forces Expeditionary ex, Exped. He was doing another it and doing it and medal. Doing it well, there are like five more that I'm not going to dive into. He did a lot of stuff, and he was highly decorated. So this is like a respectable. Officer in the Air Force. Yeah. Okay. Overall, as a human being, he was reserved. He was pretty mild-mannered, very mellow, very soft-spoken, low-key. He seemed like a very gentle kind of guy. Um, He met his wife, Tracy, who was also in the Air Force as a nurse, at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida in 1988, um, when they were both stationed there. And he had just gone through a really highly emotional, really, really messy, nasty divorce with his first wife, Nancy. We'll get back to her. He and Tracy clicked immediately and then were married by 1993, which is basically when he was officially divorced. So he started dating during the divorce, got married right after it was finalized. Um, In 1992, the year before he got remarried, Nancy, his first wife, took out two $1 million life insurance policies. Interesting. On Philip. Now, 1992 is towards the end of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And after he had already started dating another woman. Now, I don't know. I don't understand life insurance. I'm going to be the first one to say that. Yeah, I don't really either. We are not experts in anything. If any of you thoroughly understand how life insurance works, please tell me. Because I think it's odd that he let that happen. That he didn't sound like he had a say in that. And then it just gets weirder because in two, the year 2000, Philip tried to get those canceled. He was like, Nancy, you got to 
You gotta no, because that is a good reason for me to get killed. He was no already shit. he was already thinking about that. Yeah. He was like, um, how about you cancel both of those? And um he even told he wrote a letter to the USAA Life Insurance Fraud Division, okay? And this letter he said, thoroughly examine my death for evidence of foul play. Even if on the surface the cause would even if on the surface the cause would appear natural or accidental. My former wife and her husband would prefer that I die of natural causes. However, the longer I live, the more tempting it becomes for them to act on their plans for my murder. They then would have to continue. They would not have. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They then would not have to continue paying premiums and could immediately collect on two $500,000 policies. So at some point when he asked her to cancel them, she said, we can't afford to. And I don't know what that means. If you have to pay stuff to keep life insurance, wouldn't it be... Again, I don't understand how they work. Yeah. I would feel like it would be cheaper to cancel them because then you don't have to pay mm-hmm. into that. I don't... I don't know. Again, if any of you know how that works, please tell us. But anyway, that's Nancy. <laughs> that's the Nancy situation. In May of 1999, so we're going back a year, Philip began receiving threatening letters he told people about them at work and in his personal life, but they were sort of dismissed as anxiety. Mm. Like, uh, you're just an anxious fellow. But this is what one of the letters read. Okay. And they're, they're threatening, but not like, I'm going to kill you threatening. And you'll understand why in a sec. Okay. So the, one of them was as follows. Dear Mr. Shu, please read this letter. You may be in danger. I'm writing because I remember you as such a kind and caring doctor. Oh, he's a psychiatrist. He's an Air Force psychiatrist. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, And I can't just sit by and not help you by telling you what I know. I'll try to keep it short so you're certain to read it. A friend of mine who worked with Don, Nancy's husband, told me scary things. I don't know Don or your ex-wife myself. Sorry, I don't even know her name. My friend told me they wish you were dead so they could collect life insurance. I don't understand why they would have life insurance on you. You and me both, buddy. I don't understand it. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense to have life insurance on an ex-partner. Yeah, when you're going towards divorce. But but I digress. So this person's just as confused. Were they not technically divorced? No, not in 92. Okay. I think they were divorced in 93 and then he was married in 93. Let me double check that. She probably did it. Well, you know, obviously if they're... So weird. It's the timing is weird, and this so this person who wrote the letters just is confused. They're like, I don't understand why they would have life insurance on you, but that's what my friend told me. My friend thinks they may actually be planning something. I don't know if they would actually hurt you, but please be careful. I had to write. If I didn't, I couldn't bear the thought of something bad happening to you that I could have prevented by telling you what I heard. If I hear anything more specific, I will let you know. Please be careful. I'm sorry to worry you, but I just could not write. I just couldn't not write. And find out later that I could have stopped a bad thing from happening. So Philip goes to Nancy. And he's like, what? What is this? Are, wh- why do you want to kill me? Are you and Don really actually plotting my death? And Nancy says that these claims. Um, she claims he. So he, he told Nancy he felt helpless to prevent my eventual murder if you hire good assassins. Also, weird way to say that. 
If you hire bad assassins, I might have a chance. So hire bad assassins. <laughs> but if you hire good assassins, I'm doomed. So Nancy didn't do anything about it either. She said, this may have been someone's terribly sick idea of a game or a joke. I am not any further involved and never was. Nancy, you a lie. You want to unpack that for You're a second? Lying. Yeah. It's not... Nobody, nobody in their right mind is reaching out to you unless they have a good reason. Also, okay, here's here's my thinking. If I am Philip's ex-wife, we had a horrible divorce, mm-hmm. we don't get along, I have a life insurance policy out on, on him for some unknown reason. If he comes to me with evidence, written evidence that could later be submitted to police, saying that I'm plotting his murder, I would immediately cancel the life insurance policy. Hello? To, because you are obviously going to look guilty. Correct. But she's like, I don't know anything about that. Someone's just playing a joke. Someone's playing a joke on you, and I d- never. What's okay? I am not any further involved, and never was. To me, that sounds like I've already hired the assassin, so I'm not involved yeah, that's anymore. Like an admission of guilt. Almost. It is, yeah. but a very like passive one. Yeah. Like I'm not any further involved, so never was, never was, N- not any further. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nancy. So fast forward a little bit into 1999. So that was. Sorry, let me scroll up. That was May. May. The next month, June, his laptop containing his almost finished master's thesis is stolen. That's heartbreaking. Oh, uh, yeah. That kills my soul. Oh, it's so much work. Yeah. And, and he was almost done. He was almost done and it was stolen. Um, So he's like, he's super upset and now he's even more paranoid. Okay. He, um... He freaks out about this. He even tells his professor, look, my laptop was stolen. I don't know what I'm going to do. It was a whole thing. Then it was returned to him. And he didn't tell anybody that it was returned to him. He didn't say anything. Okay. Which was a little weird. Because if you just made a big stink over it being stolen, wouldn't you be like, oh, don't worry, I found it. My master's thesis is fine. No, he didn't say anything. Interesting. Weird, right? So, in, later in 1999, he became qualified to be an Air Force psychiatrist, which I guess th- this timeline confuses me just a little bit because those letters sounded like it was coming from someone who had been treated by him. Yeah. Unless, while he was in school and did clinicals, that's how they met. Because you're still technically a doctor. Yeah. yeah. So, that could have been the case because his, his thesis, he was wrapping up. Yeah. So, now he's like official. He's like a doctor doctor. Yeah. Um, okay. And they bought a, he and Tracy bought a home in Birmingham, Alabama. And he was literally like, well, fast forward a couple years, they, they moved to Alabama. He was about five or six months away from retirement. So now we're April 16th, 2003, the day that this car crashes. Philip and Tracy start their day like any other coffee in bed, chatting in the morning prepping for the day they are still kind of they sounded super cute because they still were kind of it was like four years into the no not four i can't do math they were married in 93 that's like 10 years after their marriage and they're still they still kind of feel like they're in their honeymoon phase which is really really sweet but anyway so they're like sitting in bed drinking their coffee prepping for their day chatting about walking around the house um he was gonna go to work a little early to get some work done So he kisses Tracy goodbye, says, I love you, and then he heads out. Two hours later, Philip is dead. And now we're going to take a brief break and then dive into the investigation of said death. Wow. 
So now let's dive into the investigation. Let me scroll up a second, though. <laughs> I lost my spot on my screen. Okay. Um, so after this accident happened, literally all possible agencies were involved in this investigation. This is a highly decorated Air Force psychiatrist. This is not going to be one of those like, oh, it was a car accident. Just the local cops and the highway patrol are on it. No, no. This was local police, state police, Air Force investigators. Mm -hmm. Like everybody that could be investigating was investigating. Um, and they all they traced his movements and his behavior and they all mutually concluded that he was deeply disturbed and suffered from a mental breakdown and did it to himself. And just what, wrecked his car? And just wrecked his car. But it gets worse because I haven't even gotten into the autopsy yet. So the chief medical examiner of Bexar County, Texas, who did the autopsy, his name is Dr. Vincent DeMaio. He said the information that was provided to the office was that he had been having some problems. He had seen some of his colleagues for depression or panic attacks. Remember, Philip was a psychiatrist, so all right. of his friends were psychiatrists, yeah, yeah. right? Um, DeMaio claims that Philip elaborately mutilated himself in an, a prolonged act of suicide, and that that was the only conclusion, quote, only conclusion. Just wait till I get into the autopsy book. What? Right after this, right after he just came out and he said that, he was like, yep, body was mutilated, but he definitely did to himself. Only conclusion here. He was very depressed and crazy. That was it. A milita the military then issued a 20-page psychological autopsy on Philip, which is what ended up being the most damning piece of evidence that this was a quote-unquote suicide, okay? Though it was produced two years after Philip's death. This investigation went way too, way too long. It went way too long. Um, but anyway, two years after his death, that was kind of odd. If it was immediately like, oh, this is definitely a suicide, why did it take two years for them to do a psychological autopsy? Suspicious. Side note, though, this is why it also took two years for him to finally be buried in the Arlington National Cemetery with full honors. Like, you should have been. Wow. I am just... It gets weirder and weirder yeah. as it goes, right? So, okay. a grand jury saw no evidence of any crime being committed and supported the suicide ruling. But Tracy, God bless her, wouldn't stand for it. She was like, um, no. <laughs> My husband was anxious, but he wasn't suicidal, especially to that degree. And again, yeah, I mean, to that, the autopsy. That, that's, that's a lot. When you hear the autopsy, you're going to be like, that's incredibly excessive. And yeah, yeah, no yeah. one would okay. do that much no, to themselves. No. I mean, that's, that's really weird that they, and it, interestingly, that they wanted to call it suicide, like, right away. Right away. Right away. It took two years to do the psych autopsy, but right away they would say su suicide. The timeline's weird. The timing is weird. Yeah. And Tracy was also like, um, why is no one looking at these letters, these threat letters that he submitted to his seriously, coworkers, seriously. the military? Like, no one's taking any of these seriously. And now Philip's dead. Like, is no one going to investigate that? And they're like, no, guess not. So she hired her own doctor to do the auto a, a second autopsy. Um, Dr. Cyril Wecht. Wecht is actually really like a renowned medical examiner. He worked on uh, JFK, wow. Anna Nicole Smith, a lot of other famous cases this guy's been on. Um, and he had a lot to say about DeMaio's claims. So Dr. Douglas Dion, Philip's own psychiatrist, went on record saying that Philip was not suicidal. He was actually starting to improve. 
Dion said that um, about six months before his death, Philip had a really disturbing dream that his car went out of control on the way to work and great violence was done to him. The psychiatrist said this? The psychiatrist said, he said this to me, that this, would, that this happened to him in a dream. And then look at how he died. Um, so those who made the official claims that it was suicide gave no further comment. Okay. Now we're going to get back to Mr. Wex. I'm making so many faces. Take, yeah. Mm-hmm. So many. This would be a great episode to have video yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I keep teasing the autopsy and we're not getting to it yet. I'm going to keep going. So Roger Anderson was the lead investigator on the case. Okay. He admitted later. He's not as bad of a guy as we think he is at the beginning. He admitted later that the investigation got out of his control. The chaos was almost immediate and it prevented them from preserving the scene. Because, again, everyone was there. Mm-hmm. Local police, state police. Like, whoever was trying to call the shots had zero success in calling the shots. So evidence was tampered with. Wasn't, tam- wasn't tampered with, sorry. It wasn't tampered with. It was just not preserved. Mm-hmm. So it was contaminated. And he said, um, oh, I am guilty. I was in charge of the investigation. There's a lot of fault to go around, but in the end, it's mine. Which is really nice to hear him say. Yeah. It's really nice for, like, law enforcement to be able to own up to that. Like, we messed up. He actually is one of Tracy's biggest supporters in her current crusade. We'll get back to Tracy, too. Um, But Anders, he has his own theory. He thinks, he said, I think he was intercepted on the way to work. I think somebody was laying in wait for him. They had planned to intercept him, to take him into custody, take him to some location unknown. I think they intended to terrorize the man. It would appear that Colonel Shu was able to tear away the bonds that were restricting him and to get to his vehicle and attempt to escape. That's what it would appear. That's the most reasonable conclusion I can come to. I can't, e- I can't prove even one part of it. But that sounds more reasonable than the immediate conclusion of this man was crazy and ran his car into a tree on purpose. But before that, he, like, cut up his body? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, like... Uh, like, while he's driving, or, mm-hmm. like... So, let me... Let me skip to the autopsy. Because, like, that doesn't make any it, sense. No. He had massive head injuries, presumably caused by the crash. He had a deep wound to the chest, not apparently caused by the crash. Um, his left pinky finger was severed. Like, cut off, totally cut off. Both nipples were removed. Oh, he was tortured. Yes. Signs that wrists and ankles had been bound in duct tape. He was tortured. Yeah. And traces of lidocaine were in his system. Now, DeMaio, when he saw this, he was like, lidocaine? Oh, he numbed the pain so he could inflict this pain on himself and then kill himself. Because sometimes, I guess, sometimes suicides do that. They don't actually want pain when they go, so they take some kind of numbing agent. But, like... I have never heard of any... This is excessive. This is not what you would do if this, that no. was your intention. So Wecht, no. when Dr. Wecht went in and did his own autopsy, he concluded that the lidocaine levels were not high enough for Philip to actually numb himself. It, and it wasn't even the right kind of, I, can't, I did, apparently didn't write down what kind of pain reliever it was, but it was like the gel kind, and it wasn't even lidocaine. It was some other cane word. But he's like, it's not high enough. This, um... And the types of marks on his body suggest someone else was involved. 
because it was so such yeah, low, that's a such low conclusion yeah. to come to. There was all, there was no wallet or ID in the vehicle, and the car was caved in Who, on the driver's who's ca- side. Who's calling the shots on this investigation? <laughs> well, at the time, Anderson was trying to, but like that's why. Yeah, isn't that that's what what, it, one of the theories? One of my theories. Okay, it's not the one I actually believe in, but it's one that I thought about a lot. Is is a government cover up? Because he was a high-ranking military official. Mm-hmm. Well, high-ranking. Colonels. Yeah, relatively high-ranking. He was a well-decorated military official. The way that the Air Force police swooped in, the way that they, they ended up doing that psychological autopsy, it feels sketchy to me on a government level. Like, the military should not have been what do you mean, handling it. Do something. I know. How this might surprise you, Mindy. <laughs> But they up to they up to no good. No. So that's my first thought when I first heard this case. Before I like dove into the whole like insurance policy, because obviously Nancy's a suspect. Well, yeah, and it's like I mean, she also got. You want me to to tell you how much money she got when he died? Nancy received a million dollars from his life insurance policy. Does Nancy have any connections to? Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. So Tracy received $1.8 million, so she got a little more, but still, Nancy shouldn't have gotten any. Um, Nancy and Donald, <laughs> Nancy Shue and Donald Timpson, that was her husband's name, they refused to cancel those insurance policies, which, huge red flag. <laughs> Just do it. You're not married to him anymore. Yeah, you have kids together, but have the kids have life insurance policies out on them, not you. Yeah, it's like weird. you're married to another man, and she, he's it's not a he, good look. No, it's not. And the way that you responded to his his letters that were stating potential death threats, like, yeah. not not a great look, Nancy. Um, they oh, hold on, my scroll messed up again. Um, she and Don were allegedly in Florida at the time of Philip's death. Tracy though filed a civil lawsuit in June of two thousand three, and Nancy was a defendant. She pleaded the fifth more than 20 times in this lawsuit. She said on the advice on the advice of counsel counsel, and pursuant of the fifth amendment of the constitution of the United States, I assert my right against self-incrimination and refuse to answer this question on the grounds that any answer might incriminate me. And then she refused to take a polygraph. Now granted. Okay. So polygraphs are not actually admissible in court. They're not actually like, don't take one though. I, I well. Yeah, but when you lump it with everything else she's doing, it just doesn't help make her look innocent. No. Because if you're if you're definitely innocent... If she's pleading the fifth, you don't look innocent. No. No. And if you're so dismissive of death threats that trace back to you... Yeah, that's not a good look. No. None of that was good. So my my final two theories are either... And they, and they still ruled this a suicide? They ruled this a suicide. Well, okay, so in 2000... Let me scroll back up. Please hold. This is wild. In 2009, Tracy finally got the ruling to be homicide. Good. No one has been convicted, but it's at least ruled a homicide. Like last week's case. Yeah. Except in this one, I mean, in this one, it was probably Nancy. I'm not as certain, though, as I was about well, I mean, Bill we, Coker. But it's also weird. With this it's one, also I'm like, weird with, like, you know, like, the, the ruling. Mili- yeah. The military, how the investigation was handled. Yeah. I feel like it... There's a possibility it goes beyond Nancy, and Nancy's just scum. 
Like, it could be that she just sucks. Yeah. And she's innocent. I don't know. I, it, with the last case, I was like 90%, 95% sure Bill Coker did it. Yeah. He, he definitely... Oh, he did He it. was the man. He did it. In this one, I'm like, <sighs> there's such a strong chance it's Nancy and Don. There's also a chance that it had to do with his job. Yeah. Because of the way that the officials were handling it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was really and again like the, the they were so quick to and and man so quickly a suicide okay, so but quickly also that autopsy how can any <laughs> any medical examiner look at those kinds of injuries and be like yeah he did that to himself he did not no I don't even know and I mean no, I might be wrong cutting off their nips I don't like, understand every mental illness. But I'm pretty sure he would show other signs of it if no, he were the type that, to self mutilate. Well, but and that's going to be your breakdown. Like yeah. that is a that's the fact that what's heavy weird, duty. His dream <laughs> that he told a psychiatrist. I can't let that go either. The fact that he dreamed the exact situation of his death. You know, I've heard of things like that happening. It's spooky. Yeah, it's spooky. But also, what if that office was bugged? And they're like, this is a, this is... and and the government was like, you know, what would be a great way to get rid of this guy is to make him look well, crazy and, and like, steal from his dream ideas. Well, my thought too was like, you know, if there is a payout, like, mm-hmm. who else knew about it? Who exactly. Else wanted in on it. Exactly. Or you know, yeah. My heart really goes out to Tracy. She's she is fighting like yeah, crazy God. to get some kind of resolution. Awful situation. And his kids. I didn't even mention his kids. They were all adults at this point, but that's still heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel bad for Nancy, but I feel bad for everybody else involved. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is my I'm likely? just shook. Right? That whole thing is just wild. There's no solid for me. There's no solid answer. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you can't have one. Mm-hmm. Like, when I started do, writing the script for it, I was like, Nancy definitely did. Which is why in my notes, I didn't even list the, the military yeah. conspiracy idea. But then as I was rereading it, I was like, you know what, though? There is a small chance she didn't do it. There is a small chance that she's just... That it's coincidence. Yeah. yeah. A weird coincidence. It's weird that yeah. she would behave that way if she yeah. were innocent. But, like, the military, the government, oh, they, they do Stranger sketchy stuff happened. like that all the time. And they would not be above bugging a um, military psychiatrist's office. They wouldn't be above that. Like, that. that's definitely in their wheelhouse to do and if a crazy guy, or if a if a guy that you think of as any kind of threat to your establishment is talking about dreams of how he's going to die, and you want to paint him out to be crazy, that's what you do. You just take from his dreams. And you're like, look, he manifested it because he's nuts. That is wild. Poor Philip. My yeah. heart breaks. Yeah. Because he was such a sweet man, and then he kind of just kind of started to decline with that paranoia with those letters started it and then like the laptop being stolen That's and then lot. the dream and yeah and yeah so anyway that's that I, case no it doesn't feel over does it no i know it's Oof. weird i don't have any other answers yeah <laughs> that's it for you well let's end on a sweeter note though or yep. a saltier note what do we have today we have a, another savory snack Ooh. um we have something from my favorite store, yeah. Trader Joe's. Yes! We love a good Trader Joe's snack. Yeah, we stand Trader Joe's. Yeah, we do. So these are Trader Joe's Everything But The Bagel Seasoned Kettle Cooked Potato Chips. I love anything with bagel in the name. Oh, yeah. 
It's a thick. It is a it's thick, a thick chip. Thick kettle chip. Yeah. Okay. There right. we go. Oh yeah. Does it have onion in it? Oh yeah, that's what oh, that is. Oh, garlic. Is it garlic? Mm. It's garlic or onion? I think it's garlic. It's garlic mm. or onion. Mm. Yeah, that actually did hit the... Can I have more? Mm-hmm. That actually did hit the spot. Yeah, that's a... That's a solid chip. That's a solid chip. You think that's a five out of five? Mm. Or four skulls. Five skulls. Four and a half. Oh, okay. five. Mm-hmm. The seasoning is... That's on point. Remember when that was cool to say? Yeah. Oh, oh my god, I'm point. so uncool. Yeah, me too. If, when you look at, like, social media... Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, let's... This is our this is our little chat, a quiet hour chat. This is our post <laughs> to wind episode. down from that upsetting yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my thirties mm-hmm. and I'm an elder millennial, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I see the youth and and their terms and phrases and you know we were like that. Yeah, we did that. We were crazy. Yeah. We said stupid stuff we all the time. We still kind of kinda do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do. Continuously. All of the time. Yeah. It's so interesting, though. The generations have their little... <laughs> and we scoff so at the out next generation. Yeah, so out of touch. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> what do they even say now? Because on fleek is also not... It's not a yeah, thing that anymore. Died. That died. Riz. Riz? Yeah. So does this have Riz, or is this Riz? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Any, can anybody tell us? We need to have a teenager on the show or something. And <laughs> <laughs> just be like, how do you say this? We want to work this into our everyday vernacular. Gen Z. <laughs> Help us. I like on point. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to let that die. Mm. Man, these are good. Well, if you didn't You've listen... You've done it again, Trader Joe's. You really have. If you didn't listen to the last one, or even if you did... And you forgot, we are very soon having a giveaway. So go follow us on Instagram, because that's where it's going to be. And um, you might get some cool merch. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that chip went right down my throat wrong. You're not supposed to breathe it. No, I'm not. I'm inhaling these. They're so good. Um, anyway, yeah. Follow on Instagram. Follow us on Spotify. Like, subscribe. Leave reviews. Tell us. Please leave know. reviews. Tell us something nice. Yeah. Nice. Send us a message. Comment on a post. Anything. I'm just going to keep eating the chips. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, I guess we have to go now. Well, I guess we're going to go eat the rest of this bag. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and our fun on that note. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.